0: Sometimes the fun begins when the paved road ends. Chevy Silverado 2500 HD is made to work hard and play hard on the road or off. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com for details and experience life in HD.
1: WGN Radio. I'm Raleigh James. Those are the Drifters. In fact, that was the last top 20 hit for the Drifters of any incarnation. 1964 in Atlantic got to number 18 on the pop charts, number 8 R&B. In fact, it got to number 18 56 years ago today. That, of course, is Johnny Moore on lead, Unmistakable sings all those beach music hits that the Drifters be- the did. Barry Mann and Cynthia Wheel wrote it, Burt Burns produced it, and Tito Wiltshire arranged it. So, yes, real royalty. I was originally looking for uh, for something that would fit with uh, with collecting, but <laughs> much as I tried, apparently uh, it's eluded me. Uh, I think this all started when Ashley said, you know, a lot of people collect things. I'm like, yeah, I'll talk about any one of them but Barbie dolls. And, uh, yeah, I said, how about Depressionware? Now, see, I thought everybody knew what this was. As I was uh, mentioning my my good buddy, Carol Ford, when I told her, uh, she said, depression wear, is that a thing? And she, you know, she's thinking of an ensemble, right, something she can wear. She said, what exactly does that look? I said, no, 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 that's 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 as in glassware, as in more to the point, saucers, cups, and as I whacked sentimental, I'm sure she thought I'd lost every marble in my head, but the, not only is this a thing, and what I was really pleased uh, Ashley dug this up, was that there's an entire organization for this, the National Depression Glass Association, founded in 1974, but depression glass goes you know, back to the depression, obviously, and we're going to talk about that in a moment, but I remember it was yesterday, about 50 years ago, I would drive through the South with my friend Bucky Lemon, and Bucky collected this stuff, and he'd be like, well, pull over here. We're in like Moultrie, Georgia, or Cordille or something. So they're, they're down this farmhouse, they've got, they've got depression glass right in there. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And he'd wax sentimental about it. He'd, he'd talk about the colors that were odd and all this, and I thought, Nobody else is doing this. And then I find out, oh, no, throngs of people are doing this. And you might not go back to the Depression, but maybe, like me, you go back to the 50s when, you know, you got a glass in every uh, every box of does detergent or something. So it's uh, it's not unheard of. But what's amazing to me is it's still going strong. So not only is there an association, the National Depression Glass Association, but there's a president of it, and that's Pam Meyer, and she joins us on WGN Radio Thanks. Thanks for doing that, Pam. Are you there? I think we have Pam. Do we? Maybe not. All right, so we'll have uh, we'll have John, Screener John, at 888-876-5593. Find out what happened to Pam Meyer, the president of the National Depression Glass Association, and again ndga dot net is their website. And uh, I think it was probably turn of this last century, like nineteen ninety nine, that they established a national glass collection consisting of donated Depression glass and related item, and uh, what they want to eventually acquire is a building for a museum, and I'm sure they want to acquire every color that was made, and as I say, some of them are quite rare, but interesting to me that people are still collecting this to this day, and also interesting, why depression glass even became uh, became a thing, so to speak, yeah, to quote Carol. Uh, and I think that we have, uh, we have located, uh, the president, as I was saying, of the National Depression Glass Association, Pam Meyer. So thanks for joining us on WGN, Pam. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm I'm delighted to talk to you because, as I say, I I remember 50 years ago so vividly, uh, friends collecting this stuff, and I thought it was just kind of a one-off, and now I find out that this is an association keeping this alive, and you are its president. So uh, I assume that you were not first getting your pieces during the Depression. No. Okay. Good. <laughs> however, yeah. Yeah. not too far off. All right. All no, right. I'm not. <laughs> so so with that in mind, what sparked your interest? Well,
2: um when I first learned about it was with, with my mother. Um my mother inherited some pieces from her mother and um I can well, I can remember that when my dad was in the war and i so you can tell me i'm telling you my age now <laughs> um we lived with my grandmother and i can remember her getting pieces out of does detergent yes so um so it does it's not like i said i'm not too far off from there
1: <laughs> I, I you know i was just ta- i was just talking about does because i remember so well you know you'd open the thing and there'd be a saucer or whatever and yes. uh uh-huh. th- was that depression glass Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Uh-huh. Wow, because I, exactly. I, yeah, I've, you know, it's so weird. It's just, every time now that I open something like that, I expect something to pop out, at least a cop, you know. <laughs> but, but yeah, back in the day, it did. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, exactly. But as I was starting to read the history, I did not realize why this came to be, and you know that so well. So why does Depression glass even exist? Well, it was um,
2: uh, uh, back in the day when, back in the Depression era, when when they had the crash in 1929, uh, things kind of went downhill, and people lost jobs. There was no no jobs. The, the food was scarce. It was difficult to uh, to keep a family together, and the people who had the glass factories back most of most of the back uh, were back in the um, East Coast. Um, Ohio and Virginia and West Virginia and places like that, and these people did not want to shut their furnaces down, and so they kept their people on with a greatly, greatly reduced rate of of um, uh, pay, but they had income coming in, and they, p- they produced all this mass, produced all this um, colorful glass, and uh, of course the the grocers and the um, Gas station attendants, people like that who gave away this glass, didn't have a lot of money to buy it. But they did buy it and they put it in their uh, product to entice the, the housewife to spend what little money she got on that particular product. And that's how these um, the housewives got their pretty glass. They would, they would buy that product to get the next piece that came out. And um, that, that's pretty much how it came. Been, the men had work uh, at a greatly reduced rate, and the furnace was kept going, and, um, and glass kept being produced.
1: Yeah, and what I didn't realize was that these glass factories, these were the people who were making crystal before, the luxury heavy crystal that you'd, you'd buy and all this, and so they went from that to something that was a very low cost to produce en masse item and, Absolutely, and they weren't selling it to the end user. They were selling it as a premium, the same way you'd say, you'd get green stamps or something.
2: Yes, mm-hmm. which is yeah. Awesome. There, it's really interesting to see what uh, some of the catalogs back in the day, well, what they were selling them for. I mean, they were just pennies. Sure, that you could pick these things up for, and and so they could afford to put them in the chicken feed sacks and the flour sacks and what have you, uh, to give away to the to the farmers, and and uh, and then the D E S detergent and oatmeal, uh, things like that.
1: Now. I was not around for the original issue and neither were you, but I'm no. <laughs> I, I'm I'm wondering cuz you say well the housewife's looking for the next item since there were so many different colors and all that, did they first go through saying well we'll issue the red set now and then the amber set or what have you or how did they how they do that?
2: I'm not really sure how they did it, but I, it, it is funny they must have done it, something like that because uh, in certain parts of the country, you find um, different patterns more, uh, more prolifically than you do in other parts. So um, they must have done it that way and, and shipped them to different parts of the country.
1: It it is interesting, especially when you get to some of the colors, like the canary, or then you get to the things that don't even look like glass. They're opaque. And, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, there was one... (laughs) Jadeite. Right, right. But I swear I'm not making this up, but there was one that was like fluorescent that glowed in the dark or under UV light or something.
2: Yeah, there were there were quite a few pieces that did that. Uh, <laughs> most of the green in the day uh, did that the glowed under light. There are some of the others that, that would change color if you put the the UV light on it. But most of the green would glow, and it's really funny because people will come into the museum, and we've got black lights for some of the some of the children mainly mm. um, to go and find the, the the glass that glows, so they can walk through the, the museum and and shine it through the case light uh, glass. And find the glowing glass. So it's well, fun to do.
1: The, the first thing I'd think is they must be making this from uranium. I mean, how did they get it to glow? Yeah, it is. Uh, oh. There was
2: some uranium in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. Uh-huh. But it's not, it was not dangerous. And, you know, there are people today who think, oh, I can't eat off of that. It has uranium in it. But it, it, wasn't, it wasn't dangerous. It didn't hurt anybody.
1: Totally inert.
2: Uh, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and of course. Totally.
1: When we think of crystal, we think of lead crystal. So how much of this glass right. is leaded glass? <laughs>
2: well, not the depression really? glass. It didn't, I don't think depression had any other lead in it. But uh, however, some of the red glass had gold in it.
1: Really? To
2: get the pretty ruby color. Uh huh. Wow. So wow. nowadays, some of the, the red is a little bit more expensive, and it's really hard to get the um, some of the colors that they had back in that day, because the gold is so much higher, so they can't use the the gold in it to get that pretty rich right. color.
1: Right. Well, when I was looking at a color list at one time, they had colors I'd never heard of. What is Monex? Uh, Monax is uh,
2: a kind of like a milk glass uh, that was that was uh, Macbeth Evans' um, name for their their um, milk glass. The types of glass they put out in that color. Well, what color? And it is really pretty because you can hold it up to the light, and some of the thinner spots have a, a color in it, like you can see blue or another color in huh. it behind the the white.
1: Mm. Huh. That's it's it's fascinating to me. Now, the Depression. We say okay, so they started this, say 1930, I guess, after after the the crash. And well, our, our... most of
2: the glass is in that era. <laughs> some of it before. And, uh, and, of course, it, it
1: continued on somewhat after that, too. Yeah, I was wondering, when did they stop producing it?
2: Well, we've got um, glass all the way up in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Wow. That, that they made that people are highly collectible. Uh, and, and there's still some out there. However, there aren't that many glass companies still making um, You've heard of Corning. Macbeth oh, well, sh- Evans was, was originally, uh, Cor- Corning was originally Matt- Macbeth Evans that made a lot of the, right. the Depression-era glass. Um, a lot of that was also started out with uh, utility-type glass, like glass windows, mm-hmm. and before they even got to the, the early American pattern glass. So those older companies were in business a lot longer um, There were so many glass companies, too, that there were a lot of fires, and and they never came back. Once they had a fire and burned down, they didn't come Mm. back, or they did rebuild under another name. So there were a lot of different names out there.
1: It's interesting because some last today, you mentioned Corning, of course, everyone knows Corning, or Pyrex, which is one of those names that's Uh uh, still with us. Uh, But, you know, I contend the old Pyrex, which just never anything happened to that. The new Pyrex have this exploding feature on some of them where, you know, you can put it in the oven and next thing you know, something goes very wrong. I assume that uh, (laughs) with depression... Yeah, that's not good. (laughs) No, it's really not. You know, as I've said more times than not, little slivers of glass and little slivers of rice Hanging no. in mushroom sauce from your drapes It's just, <laughs> no. it's just yeah, bad all the way around But I, I want to talk about the hardiness of depression glass Coming up next And if you collect it and have any questions I'd love to hear from you 888-876-5593 Is 8888-R-O-L-L-Y-E The website is NDGA.net And the guest is Pam Meyer Right here on WGN Radio
2: Ipsy, the ooh Well, don't bother me, oh
1: WGN Radio. I'm Raleigh James, that's Shirley Gunter and the Flares with Oopsy 1955 on the Flare label. It was a B-side, actually. She had Oop Shoop the year before with the Queens on Flair. Her brother was Cornell Gunter, who's in the Flares, as well as the Coasters and early Platters, and he would have been 84 over the weekend. Sadly, shot to death in his car in Las Vegas in 1990, just 53 years old, and I don't think that's ever been solved. All right, we're talking about a different mystery entirely, and that's that depression glass is still around and still collectible. And that's, uh, that's the topic of the moment. We're talking to Pam Meyer. She's president of the National Depression Glass Association. Your calls are welcome at 888-876-5593, Raleigh. And do you happen to know, Pam, how many pieces were distributed?
2: Oh, for heaven's sakes. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> yeah. It had to be quite a lot. I mean, you know, it's interesting when you're, you're finding pieces that should have been broken, you would have thought this time after all these years, and there's still millions of pieces out there. Yeah, I have no idea.
1: And they are they are hardy. Well, uh, if not the number of pieces, have you, and I'm sure you've been working on this for years, put together the, the definitive list of all that was out there, like all the colors and all the varieties of whether it was a saucer or a glass or a <clears throat> bread table? Bread
2: oh, plate. I don't know that anybody has. It is um every every pattern doesn't have the same amount of pieces made for it um there are some patterns that have a lot of pieces and some patterns that have just very few and um i I just don't know that anybody has ever even thought about doing that. That would be an interesting uh an interesting project.
1: Oh, yeah. I
2: wonder it would take a long time.
1: Well, it would, but I just wonder, uh, because I'm sure some of these companies are forever gone, but uh, maybe the records thereof, or some of the companies... uh, Well, I should also ask it this way. Since there were multiple companies that were producing the same product, was this a competition, or or were they working in concert?
2: You know, I'm not sure it was a competition, because... um, I just think that they were out just doing what they could. Um, they had their machines, they were putting them in, in work and putting them into work and men to work, and I think they just made what they could and as, as much as they could. Um, uh, I know that, that it's really interesting because some of the people who were working for one company and designing would stop working there and go to another company, and so some of the designs you see in the, the second company look a little bit like the the first company,
1: Mm-hmm. And, and
2: on and on it goes. So you'll be able to see some characteristics that you would find one place in another place and maybe even three or four companies down the road because they've changed places or sure. married into the family or somehow uh, bought into it and was part of the uh, part of the ownership so it's it's really interesting to, to see if you can <clears throat> excuse me see if you can find the similarities. Yeah. and uh, it's really difficult because <clears throat> a lot of the um, a lot of the records were burned up when the when the factories burned.
1: And they did burn because, of course, that, <laughs> yes. you know, that process is prone to that. But uh, one thing yeah. I'm pretty certain, and it's only anecdotal, I can't know for sure, but I would bet if any of these folks were still alive with us, the, the one thing that would surprise them the most is that anybody was still collecting it.
2: Um, maybe. Um, I know that the, the Cambridge Glass Company, they did Elegant Depression. Uh, theirs was more hands-on and took more people to to process their glass. So uh, they have had um, conventions where they've had some of the past workers in,
3: mm-hmm. and I
2: think those people knew um, they know that that it's still uh, out there. And there's a lot of um, in the in the Cambridge Glass Company mm-hmm. as a museum in Cambridge, Ohio, and they have people out there who have relatives who've worked in it. So they all get together and they do it there once a year. Um, uh, convention and they have relatives of people who've worked there. And um there's it's amazing how many people are still have attachments to that glass factory.
1: Oh I'll bet. I'll bet. Dave in Bradley, Illinois, welcome to WGN Radio.
0: Yes, yeah, I was gonna ask you if Carnival Glass and Depression Glass were one and the same.
1: Good question. No. <laughs> what are the no they're not what are the differences? Well um
2: Carnival Glass for the most part was earlier uh, it was still it was among the uh, early American pattern glass era, and which would be the uh, mid eighteen hundreds up to the early nineteen hundreds. So it was right before um, the Depression era. So there's probably some um, uh, carryover into that Depression era, and there may have been some still made at that time. But for the most part, it was made earlier, and it's older.
1: Interesting. Does anybody oh, does it. anybody collect that?
2: Oh sure, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of people that have uh, that have collections of carnival, and it's gorgeous.
0: Um, the, back in the day, has the value of, of Depression glass gone down at all in the last twenty yeah. years or so?
2: Yes, it has. In really? the last in the last ten years, it's gone down considerably. Yes. Uh-huh. Why? Well, because our young people aren't as interested in it
1: mm. as the older people were. Mm. Mm. Interesting. I would yeah. thought I would thought the uh, older it gets, the less there'd be, so therefore the higher the prices. But so much for that theory. Uh, so, uh, Dave, are you asking because you have a ton of depression uh, or carnival glass? I have
0: way? some depression glass, but not really a whole lot. Yeah. Most is that was probably the the most common color, magnolia, or the orange type.
1: Oh, I remember the, the
0: marigold. Yes. Marigold. Yeah. Uh-huh. Marigold. Marigold. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, yes. mm-hmm. that's the one I saw, too, and it's not the best of the colors, is it?
2: <laughs> no, I have a couple of great stuff, too. Well, there's some that's really, too, but... really um, uh, good.
3: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Are
2: you familiar with the Fiesta Ware at all?
3: I don't know, Fiesta Yes, wear? I am. What
1: is
2: it? <laughs> fiesta Ware is pottery.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah I have one it,
2: piece of it was Fiesta Ware that's era. supposed
0: to be pretty valuable, but I don't... It's like a 12-inch red one, a uh, vase,
1: well, if you... You, uh-huh. you probably would have to find someone to sell it to, so you better sell it quick because yeah, that's what I was
0: wondering. If, <laughs> yeah. You know, suppose that the area says like eighteen or nineteen hundred dollars, but I don't think you'd get that for it.
1: Well, they're, they're, probably not. <laughs> they're 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 dying by the minute, so sell it by Saturday. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, thank you very <laughs> much. I
1: appreciate it. Yeah, I'm I'm just shocked that it went down in value. You know, Pam, mm-hmm. I would have never thought that uh, because again, the the longer time passes. the the less uh, these pieces are available, though they are hardy. I, I, I realize that. yes uh, Bill and Bala wants to join in. A welcome to WGN radio.
0: Hi there. I have three questions. I was something Pam could answer.
1: Okay, I hope so. <laughs> my,
0: my first question is, is this a hobby that to a great extent is handed down from people who directly experience the, the Great Depression, in other words, are most of your members? Do they know the backstories behind the pieces they own, or are most of the pieces that they acquire acquired second and third hand?
2: That's a good question. Um, there are some who had, know the backstory and have started because they saw it in grandma's kit and um, and remember it on the Thanksgiving table or or Sunday table or whatever. But um, there's an awful lot of them that like it because they they like the color or the pattern or something else, they don't know the back history. And this is what we're trying to um, to get out there, is to teach the back history so that people will have an idea. This is their heritage, and they're not making it anymore. Right. And we're trying to get that out so people will know what it's all about and why it came about.
1: Next
0: question. Right. I. I yeah, yeah, it, it, it does. And then um, I was also curious... As the 100th anniversary of the Great Depression approaches, do you notice people pairing off depression glass with other artifacts from the Great Depression, like borax furniture or things like smoking stands?
2: Oh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, it, and you're right it is it's coming up to a hundred years, and we're not sure exactly what year would be considered the hundredth anniversary but um uh, the uh the National depression glass Association is starting to work on a project to uh to celebrate that hundred year anniversary so um and you're right they they paired it up with other things they're pairing it up with
0: other things
1: all right third question okay and,
0: okay, and then um Based on uh, what you're telling the previous caller, it doesn't sound like interest in depression wear goes up during difficult economic times. In the sense that we we, we just went through, I, I guess they called it the Great Recession, uh, less than years ago, and I would think that when times get tough, people would look to the past for objects of beauty that they that they can take comfort in in the present. But that doesn't sound like like that was the case.
2: No, it isn't the case. And back in the day, the, some of the prices were extremely out of sight, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, they just went up, 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 and up. And then all of a sudden, it just came down. And, and the reason for that is that they, the kids today, the young people today, are not interested in what mom and dad were doing um, 15, 20 years ago.
1: And it's still not not exactly cheap, Bill. I was just seeing a sandwich plate and Princess Pink from Anchor Hawking that they want a hundred bucks for. Well,
0: that would yeah. Good I luck. Mean, <laughs> obviously, when obviously when times are tough, people don't have the money to spend. It's well, That's how right. I was thinking when when that's when true. times are tough, mm-hmm. interest would tend to peak. That's all.
1: Yeah, they just don't they just don't have the money for it. But there you have it. All right, thanks That's for calling. Mm-hmm. Now, super. Thanks for taking the call. Bye. Sure. I was looking at this Princess Pink. I, I do like the color, and they have got uh, a, uh, a goblet of some sort that they say was made between nineteen thirty one and nineteen thirty five. I don't know how they uh, how they know it, but uh, these uh, hundred bucks for the sandwich plate is that considered a good deal?
2: Well, that probably is a little bit high right now because uh, most, most of the books that you're looking at are older books when the, mm-hmm. when the prices were up higher. Uh, there aren't too awfully many uh, new reference books with newer prices in them being uh, published today. So it's, uh, you're having to take those prices and, and look downward on what they are because you're not going to be able to get $100 for that. Right. unless it is one of the rare pieces that's, that you can't find anymore at well, all
1: or unless some fool bought it here at the website you can <laughs> pay on paypal i mean it is Absolutely. available. yeah right Dr- dream on i mean put it all on ebay really. and, you know charge a fortune you never know what someone will uh, exactly someone'll well buy. It, they're going for pennies and we
2: find too that the auctioneers don't want to take the depression at glass when the people are wanting to downsize and wanting to sell their glass, the auctioneers aren't taking it because they're not getting enough buyers out there. So Mm. they're when they do take it, they sell it by the box lot and you can pick it up for, you know, just pennies some days, if you go to an auction and they have to have it there.
1: Well, you know, that's actually great news for the collectors, because apparently... It is,
2: but there's not that many that are still collecting, as far as collecting is concerned. The collectors have gone down considerably, and, and we see that in the shows. Uh, where they used to have several thousand people come through a show we're doing good to get maybe 3 or 400 people through a show now
3: mm, 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 mm.
2: so uh and that's mostly the older people who are uh who have, who know what it is and know all about it uh however we are seeing a few younger ones come through some of the shows that we're going to so um that's that's hopeful that's, that's yeah. bringing a little hope to us those of us who love it.
1: Yeah, it's got, it's got a wonderful history, and I would think those familiar with the history would be uh, more in line to want to collect or buy. But some of the colors are just breathtaking.
2: They are. And you know, when you walk into a, a, a show or a museum where all these uh, dishes are out, it just, I mean, you, you can't help but smile when you walk in. It's just absolutely gorgeous. And um uh, you can't come to a show and be in a bad mood. You can right. You just can't.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it, it's a great hobby, and I must say I'm very uh, very discouraged to hear that it's on the decline because I would uh, I would I really did believe well you know the longer it goes the less there will be it's going to be worth more and I'm sure there are people right, the, exactly yeah there are tough it, people with a what ton I of it too. yeah mm-hmm. right right boy wrong again I guess uh, Pam Meyer is the president of the National Depression Glass Association. You can go to the website which is ndga.net. I've got a link on raleigh.net to that. If you've got a question or comment. We'd love to hear from you. 888-876-5593 is 8888
3: Raleigh on WGN Radio.
1: WGN Radio. I'm Raleigh James, that and little Willie John, leave my kitten alone. 1959 on King, that's number 13 on the R&B charts, 60 on the pop charts, and there was something connected with this day in history that made me play it, now I don't know what it was. Yeah, well, <laughs> the mind is a terrible thing to waste. In any event, we're talking about depression glass, and we're doing that with the president of the National Depression Glass Association, and that is Pam Meyer. NDGA.net is the website and I'm just horrified that interest in depression glass is going down. I think we need a fundraiser or something. But I was just looking, uh, Pam, at Home Depot, and they have, uh, for no reason whatsoever, and they have all sorts of things available right now that look suspiciously like depression glass. So I say to myself, how can you tell if it's the real thing or not?
2: Well, sometimes it's not so easy to tell. But if you've if you've handled the Depression glass uh, long enough, you'll you will know when you've picked up a piece of um, of uh, reproduction. Uh, it usually has an oily feel to it, Ooh. and it just doesn't feel right. It, it just doesn't feel the same as the the, the Depression, the real Depression glass. So mm.
1: um,
2: sometimes, and sometimes they don't care. You know, the customers don't care. They just like it because it caught their eye, oh, and that's no. fine too.
1: Well, yeah. I, I guess, but I mean, <laughs> it would seem it, to me
2: it, yes. <laughs>
1: I don't want something well, that's oily. Them, it
2: may get them in, uh, interested in looking for the real thing, then.
1: Well, that that could be. They should have a little mm-hmm. plaque by what they're buying to say this is a fake, but you can get to, <laughs>
2: right. With I that, think it should too. Do. Yeah. I, I don't know how we can get that going, but I think it should be that way too. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> or at least a little explanation of why uh, this is special. All right, Donna yeah. in Oak Lawn, welcome to WGN Radio.
3: Raleigh, I had uh, a huge collection of uh, depression glass that I got from Grandma and Grandpa's farm, along with uh, six and a six-and-a-half-foot-tall uh, semicircular glass-mirrored uh, hutch. And you can just move that stuff so often when you're going up from apartment to apartment to apartment, and you have 30 or 40 boxes of depression glass, and after a while, it's just not worth... The heartache or the hernias involved. You get rid of this stuff. Um, and the young people aren't interested in it anymore. And so many older people downsize and downsize and downsize again so that you don't have any spot for it left. And as far as picking up a a pretty pink dinner service at, at home depot for under twenty dollars um, we're in a disposable society mm-hmm. if uh... they don't like it anymore they can either sell it at a garage sale or throw it away mm-hmm. and it's more likely that, that a lot of the stuff is getting tossed uh... They, they buy it because it's a pretty summer luncheon uh, or a dinner plate kind of thing, well, and for a while, and then they get tired of it and get rid of it. So it's a very exactly. disposable society.
1: Well, it's very upsetting. Right. Yeah, Pam agrees with you. It's, it's very upsetting. So when you decided you were getting rid of your 40 boxes of depression glass, how did you do that? Did you, did you get it into the hands of a, uh, somebody who was going to love and cherish it?
3: I went to an antique place, and, uh, had it laid out in my living room, uh, dining room, and they got the mahogany dining room table, the six chairs, and the, uh, hutch, uh, with the glass shelves and the mirrored back, the mahogany back, and, uh, I actually had about 50 boxes, glassware, uh, uh, uh cake plates, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the, the, the pinkware main, mainly, and a little, uh, green shot glasses that we used to grandpa used to make his uh, wine and serve uh, and uh, and I got a package deal mm-hmm. got rid of it and I got rid of it back in the uh, uh, early 90s when they, there was still a decent price to be had. You can find it on uh, eBay now and it's kind of disappointing what they're selling this stuff yeah. for
1: yeah all right well I'm glad it worked out for you thanks.
3: Well, thank you, and and, and happy hunting, if you're interested in it, enjoy it, for what it's worth.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, and eBay is a good place to uh, to look. Now, for the museum, have all the pieces been donated, or do you have the Holy Grail where you're looking for something in particular?
2: Um, I would say about 95% of the items in our museum have been donated over the years, and uh, we do have a, a little bit of a fund that that is there in case we find something that's really rare and hard to find. Um, But um, as far as, you know, there's still a lot of things that we don't have in our museum. And and right now I couldn't even tell you what, because we have so many. We've got a very large uh, building full. Yeah. And uh, it's just very difficult for me to even think right now what we could possibly be missing out of all that. But I know that we don't have everything that there is to have, for sure. We'll give you time.
1: Um, we'll give you time, because you're not stopping. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right.
2: So, well, uh, the, I tell you, one of the things that we just just received, and it, it's really it's wonderful, it's a glass iron. And I've never seen anything like that before, and it was made by Pyrex.
1: Oh, man, there's an Implement of Destruction. I love it already. Uh, Yes, it's wonderful. Will we have it on the website soon so that I can see the glass? Um,
2: I hope hope to be able to get it up there soon, yeah. It just went into the museum last week, so uh, I haven't had a chance to to get the picture to the webmaster yet. So I will do that so you can look at it. Yeah,
1: I want to see it. Well, Pam, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, well, good luck. Collect it all. All right.
2: (laughs) Really? Yeah.
1: (laughs) I I, I know this, this this is in some ways the road to hell because, you know, as I look here and I'm on eBay now, mistake. Yeah, I'm saying, oh, well, let me get one of those, too. All right. So next hour, we're dragging out the beef box. You're standing on it. It's open lines, all open lines, all the time, and votes on the world's worst hit records next on WGN Radio.